Preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to bring to you this morning a thought that was been on my mind and my heart for uh, probably at least two weeks. And I hope this will be a blessing to you. Amen. And I've just given it a title, of course, that comes from the scripture we're going to read as our text today. It says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Grieve not the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. And I'm not... Okay, thank you, Sister Gina. You're right on the ball. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, sealed unto the day of redemption. And then from the Amplified New Testament, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him by whom you were sealed, marked as God's own, secured for the day of redemption, a final deliverance through Christ from evil and the consequences of sin. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. Maybe we need to get Sister Gina a different Bible program where she can bring up some of these other translations to help us out. Now, this is so much more expanded. why it's called the Amplified New Testament. And it just brings some very, very beautiful thoughts to our minds. You know, one of the most important things for the creating and maintaining of a harmonious family or marital relationship is to put a guard on your words, your actions and reactions, endeavoring always not to grieve a spouse, a mother, a father, or a child. If we're all the time saying things that offend, then we're not going to have a harmonious relationship as a family. Amen? And I know nothing about your home, what's going on. I, I don't know. I'm not preaching directly to anybody. I didn't call your name, did I? I didn't do that. But I'm just saying this in a general sense this morning, that we have got to be very careful about what we say. Amen? And what we do, our words, our actions, and our reactions. Okay? There's a difference between an action, that's something that you provoke, and a reaction is something that you do, uh, with regard to something that has been said or something that has been done to you. Amen. Danny, don't go to sleep on me. Brother Danny, you're going to sleep on me now. <laughs> Back there yawning. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. It is so easy to do that and do it without even thinking about the consequences of your words. You just say it. Consequences of your words, consequences of your actions. You can just, you know, just in the heat of the hour, you just say something. That, oh, why did I say that? So, you know, we've got to put a guard on our mouth, and that guard is, of course, the power of the Holy Spirit. The truth is that if these relationships are destroyed by careless words, actions, and reactions, it becomes difficult over time to rebuild the confidence and loving relationship. I'm talking about the family, a marital relationship right now. This relationship, once destroyed, spills over into every area of life, destroying proper relations on so many other levels, school, job, neighbors, etc. All right? Sometimes you wonder why people are just absolutely so sour, so, what should I say? Uh, sorry. 
my Portuguese vocabulary getting the better better of me here. Uh, they're just so sour. They're just so bitter. They they just say things that are just so so nasty, you know. But a lot of times these things come from a a, a home life that is not right. They come from perhaps even the home that they were raised in, and these things carry on from uh, one generation to another. The only solution for that is God coming into our lives and changing us. Change my personality? Yes, God can change your personality. He can make you to become, as the scriptures say, a new creature in Christ Jesus. And the old things are put away, and behold, all things, Bible says, all things become new. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Now, the most important relationship is the one that we should have with the Lord. Paul, deeply concerned about, deeply concerned with this, wrote the words of our text. We cannot and should not ever take our relationship with the Lord lightly. That is to say, of being of no major consequence. After the Lord holds in his hands our, your eternal destination. Right? Seeing that he holds in his hands our eternal destination, I would find it to be of a great advantage to not offend him. (laughs) To not offend him. Amen. To make sure that he is pleased with us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's look at just a few scriptures that give us an insight into some of the things that truly grieve the Lord. Grieve the Lord. Alright? Verse 30 says that we are sealed by him under the day of our final redemption and that through him we will be at long last completely delivered from the power and consequences of sin. With this in mind, it is important that we strive to please him and not grieve him. Amen? Amen. Amen. If you are... If you were a child, let's say maybe uh, late childhood or maybe in your early adolescence and uh, you uh, receive a monthly, you know, little amount from mom and dad that gives you money for some bubble gum or whatever, you know. Uh, you know, it would probably be best uh, to not put a hold on your allowance to not grieve mom and dad. You haven't been very good this month. I don't think I'm going to give you your allowance this month. Amen? Maybe sometimes we are questioning why it is that we don't receive all of the blessings from God that we desire to receive. Perhaps it is because that in some way we have grieved the Lord. He is not happy with us. Not happy with the life that we are living. Or the example that we are giving to others. Now, I want to call to your memory tonight, or this morning, brethren, that the nation of Israel, we may, may we never forget the nation of Israel that God so miraculously delivered from Egypt. Egypt, of course, as you have, as you know, or at least learned from me or someone else, is a type of sin, all right? They continually grieved the Lord with so many acts. They were a complaining bunch of people. They just complained and complained and complained and complained. They didn't have to eat what they wanted to eat, and because of that, they complained. They didn't have water to drink, they complained. 
they just complained about everything, you know. And the Bible tells us very clearly that God became so displeased with them that he said, you know what, you're not going to enter into the promised land. And they didn't. And he sent them back out into the wilderness to wander for 40 years until that whole generation had died off. And it was a new generation that went into the promised land. I don't want to lose my place of going into the glorious, holy, eternal city that God has prepared. So I'm going to be as careful as I can about not grieving the Lord. All right? Now I hope you have your Bible open with me. Our sister Gina will be putting these verses up on the screen for us this morning. Now we're going to talk about some of the things that might grieve the Lord, okay? These are just just a few, all right? Just a few. Now, the, the beautiful thing about our life with God is that when we are filled with the Holy Ghost and we remain filled with the Holy Ghost through our life of prayer and Bible reading, we have God's Spirit abiding in us, amen? And God's Holy Spirit abiding in us will help us by bringing to our mind bringing to our consciousness what we may be doing that grieves the Lord. And in light of that, we will be able to repent and say, please, Lord, forgive me for my transgressions. All right? So we're going to remain right in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, where we read from already this morning. And we're going to discover a wide range of things that displease, that is, that grieve the Lord. Let's just look at a few of them very quickly this morning, all right? We are going to verse 25. All right, verse 25. Someone want to read it for me? Nathan. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Okay. What can't we do? Lie. Boy, it is so easy to lie sometimes. Why are you laughing, Sister Felicia? You must. I guess if we all know how easy it is to kind of get ourselves in a jam sometimes. <laughs> and it's so easy to just spew out a lie, you know? Well, in Brazil, they say that a lie has short legs. What do you think that means, Sister Shannon? You what? That's exactly right, Sister Shannon. Thank you. It's not going to go very far. You know, you ever seen a, you ever seen a, what do you call it? The people that don't ever grow, they just... Small people. You small people, but there's another, you know. It's not correct. Huh? No, 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 I'm talking about people that don't grow. They're short. Yeah, okay. I, I saw I saw one walking with a with a full grown adult one. Huh? Oh. I saw one walking with a full grown adult one day. Poor little guy who just No. That's short legs. Just can't this can't go very far very quickly. And so he was really hurrying to stay up with his companion. So a lie didn't go very far. Don't lie. That grieves God. You say, well, that's not one of the Ten Commandments. Oh, yes, it is. 
Which commandment do you think that is? Huh? Thou shalt not bear false witness. That just means you shouldn't lie. It's in the Ten Commandments. That's one of the ten. <clears throat> so I guess that's pretty important, isn't it? Yeah. Right? <clears throat> I'll tell you how I feel. Somebody lies to me one time. You are on my, you're on my list. I have a hard time from that day on believing anything you tell me. I mean, once you've lied to me and they tell me the sun came up, I'm probably going to go outside and look and see if it really did come up. You know, because I just have a hard time believing you, you know. We, we shouldn't lie. We shouldn't lie. It just uh, really puts a black mark on our lives. And God is totally against it. That grieves the Lord. Verse 26. <clears throat> All right. Go ahead. Noah. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. All right. Be angry and sin not. Now, what in the world does that mean? How can you be angry and not sin? What do you think, Sister Monica? Thank you. That is a beautiful explanation, Monica. All right? That's it. Yeah. Sometimes we got to take this little red piece of flannel. You know what that red piece of flannel is? <laughs> you got to put it between your teeth and bite it real hard <laughs> so that it doesn't say what it ought not to say. Right, Sister Monica? And that's exactly what she was talking about. You may be angry. You may be just absolutely furious in your heart, man. Furious. But don't let that get out of your heart. Don't let it become an action. All right? Don't let it become something that, that, you, that, that provokes you to say something that you should not say. All right? <clears throat> so be angry, but don't sin. Now we have another one in the same verse 26. <clears throat> What's that last part say? Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know, that is a particularly uh, valid piece of advice for married people. <laughs> I tell you what, I wish that some of you could stand up here sometime and watch the reaction on people's faces when I say some of these things. Because I know that what I'm saying is so true, and it's true perhaps in your life. And it is so easy to get up tight about something and go to bed mad. But just remember that while you're sleeping, the Lord may come. So, you know, it may be very wise to get all those things straightened out before you go to sleep at night. Right. Now, my wife and I have been married for 58 years. Do we have any disagreements? Oh, yeah. Still do. 58 years. Still haven't learned to, you know... Keep it all straight, all right? And I'm just being honest this morning. My wife is smiling. Okay? And so, you know, uh, we have a little sign above the bed that it says, what does that sign say? Always kiss me goodnight. I tell you what, sometimes it may be just a feeling like, I really don't feel like doing that. 
Uh, maybe, uh, maybe you're afraid you're going to give the other person something. <laughs> but we do have to, you know, make sure that we go to bed at night with everything in order. Because we don't know when the Lord is going to come. All sin and perceived sin must be confessed. All that is wrong and displeasing to God must be confessed and forgiven. Everything that has grieved God out of our life that day must be taken care of. All right? Verse 27, somebody read for me. Neither give place to the devil. All right? Now, really, in reality, what does that mean? Well, I'm, I'm going to put this in some very clear language, all right? The devil does not know what you think. Lift your hand and say, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. All right? Now, God knows what you think, but the devil doesn't know. So how does he know what's in your mind? He knows what's in your mind by your actions. And your speech. And what you say. That's what he reads, okay? So, let me be very clear. So if you are in the habit of picking up some kind of a CD magazine and looking at the pictures in the CD magazine, the devil, aha, aha, I know what your weak point is. And he begins hammering on that to see if he can't get you to fall. Okay? That's what it means here. Don't give place to the devil. Don't pick up that magazine. Don't read that literature they're reading. Don't look at that TV program that you shouldn't look at. Don't listen to that music that has suggestive lyrics in it. All right? Because when you do those things, you are giving place to the devil and causing him to understand really what your uh, weakness is. All right? One of the versions I got on here says, don't hit the devil in opportunities. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, what's it say there, Sister Linda, in our Amplified? All right. Everybody hear that? Okay. This combines right with what uh, Sister Gina just said. Okay. Okay. Let's go to verse 28. <clears throat> Who wants to read for me? Go ahead. Open your mouth and read. Let him who, who stole still no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Alright. What's the first part say? Let him that stole. Don't do that anymore. Alright. I guess this deal is stealing. I guess that's been a long term deal. <laughs> it's been going on forever. Always been somebody wanting to steal something from somebody else. If you did that in the past and you have come to Christ you have surrendered your life to the power of the Almighty, then you don't need to be going around taking things that don't belong to you. Amen. Amen. All right? 
It's a sad society that we live in that this is uh, the norm today in many places. I just heard the other day that in the city of San Francisco, I forget what the number was now, it was something like 30 or 40 cars are broken into every night. And of course you know that, you know, basically in this area of California, uh, many people have got their garages so stuffed with junk. Sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so filled with stuff that they don't even know what they've got. And if they knew what they got, they couldn't find it if they wanted to because there's too many boxes to go through. And so their cars are parked on the street. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dan. <laughs> All right? And so they just break into these cars all the time. They just smash out the windows and take anything that's in there that they think might be of value to them. It doesn't have to have a whole lot of value. We were having quite a few uh, things like that happen in our neighborhood. And I finally wrote on our neighborhood website, I said, for the love of God, people, don't leave anything in your car. If you can't get your car in the ground, don't leave anything visible in your car. Even if it's an empty shopping bag, take it out. Because that person can't see if there's anything in it or not. And they think there might be something in there. And they're going to break your window out. No, they didn't steal anything any value. But you are going to have to replace your window. Okay? What does that mean? Well, oh, well, the insurance will pay for that. Yeah, the insurance will pay for it. But you've got to take some time off work, take your car in, wait for it to get fixed. So that's going to cost you money. I don't care how you look at it. All right? So we do have to take care of ourselves, but if you were one of those that grew up in a world where taking other people's things was just a part of what you did, when you come to God, you don't do that anymore. And then if I can be so bold this morning as to say in connection with that, I really put this really, really in a real clear sense, get a job. You know what it says? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Work. That's what it says. That's what it says. Get a job. Get a job. Get a job. Now, if you can't work, that's one thing. But if you can work, get a job. Right. There's some kind of a job out there. I remember uh, 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 a lady that was in our church in Brazil. She was there for a while. She finally got mad at me and left. But uh, I, she just couldn't handle the truth. There's always to it, but she couldn't handle the truth. Well, she had three teenage kids. All right, and they have in Brazil what is called the minimum the minimum wage. We have it here too. Okay, all right. What's the minimum wage here anymore? Anybody know? Huh? Twelve dollars an hour, which means uh, uh, what? Times forty. That's uh, four hundred eighty dollars a week. Yeah, four hundred eighty dollars a week, and you multiply that by four weeks in a month. Wow. You know, that gets to be a, a fairly decent wage. And I told her, I said, there is no need for you running around town begging food from people. You know, all of you need to get a job. Yeah, Even if it's just cleaning somebody's house, washing somebody's toilets, or cutting grass for somebody, or whatever. You can make a minimum wage that will give you four minimum salaries in your house. Okay, now I just told you I multiply that for one person. Around something around $1,600 a month. Multiply that by four. 
I mean, that's $6,400 a month. Okay? Boy, that's not bad. But, matter of fact, that's pretty good. All right? And uh, so the Bible is quite clear. Get a job. Not only to supply your own need, but so that you will have to give to others who are in real need. People that can't work. People that, because of physical problems or mental illness or whatever, can't work. You can be able to share your bounty with them. Now, I'm talking to you this morning about those things that grieve God. And for anyone to sit around their house and do nothing when they are fully able-bodied is a sin. I'm sorry. And particularly in the economic world that we live in today. When we made our trip last October from Beaumont, Texas, all the way up to Nashville, Tennessee, and from there to St. Louis, and from there back across the United States and the motorhome, Every gas station I stopped in had a sign, help wanted. Every restaurant we walked into said, help wanted. Behind every, on the back door of every truck, drivers wanted. There's a job out there for somebody. There's a job out there even for unskilled people. And if you'll get an unskilled job and go to school, just even a trade school or something, you can probably better your situation in life. I'm sorry, I'm being very blunt this morning. And I hope I'm not offending anyone. If I offend you, I'll pray for you that you'll get over being offended, all right? <laughs> I believe this. People used to admire my worth ethics. I say, you know what? When my dad got off my case, my grandfather got on it. I didn't have a chance. It was work or be under somebody's supervision all the time, you know. Get off that bike. Get some work done. And I'll never forget my, when we were traveling on deputation one year, we went to a pastor's home. He had a very large piece of property uh, out in the country. He was a very successful pastor, had a very good church, a giving church. And they were very much involved in giving to the work of foreign missions. Well, my boys decided to <clears throat> stay with them and their boys for a while. And so preacher gave my son the wonderful job of getting on his riding lawnmower and cutting the grass. But he was in a hurry to get in the farm pond and go swimming. And so he just really hurried up and he missed spots. And when he got through, preacher knew that he was through sooner than he ought to be through. He said, are you happy with what you did? He hung his head, went back and got on the lawnmower and did it right. All right? Now, if you're going to do a job, do it right. Get it done right. All right? Huh? And uh, Noah understands that. I mean, you've got certain norms that you're going to have to uh, carry through on your job. If you don't, it could be very serious. If you don't put that plug in the pan right and it falls out and the oil leaks out and the engines burn up. I mean Jiffy Lube is going to Jiffy Lube is going to have to pick up the tab for a new motor for that. And uh, Noah's going to be on the street corner looking for a job. <laughs> Do the job right. Do it right. 
All right? So get a job and do it right. All right? Amen. Amen. Now, in verse 29, and I'm trying to hurry here this morning. All right? Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Okay, don't let foul or polluting language, nor evil and unwholesome words, <coughs> nor worthless talk come out of your mouth. I'm not beyond a little joke once in a while, but you can rest assured that it's going to be clean. All right? There's not going to be any sexual overtones to any little joke that I may have to tell you. All right? Just something to laugh about, just something humorous, maybe something out of real life. And then, of course, in our society today, I'm amazed at how many people think that they can't express themselves without using some of the most vile language that is possible to imagine. And I, I am more amazed yet that even women have defiled themselves. They have degraded themselves. And I'm being very, very bold. And I'm being very emphatic with that. Yeah. They have degraded themselves to take on language that one time just belonged to men. And even they shouldn't have been saying those things. But they have adapted adapted that. There was a time when men were even ashamed to use profanity among a, a group of people where women were present. There's still a little bit of shame out there. And if people happen to know that I'm a minister and they use a profane word, oh, I'm sorry. They know it's profane. They know it's an ugly word. They know it's a word they shouldn't be using. And we as Christians ought to know better than they that we should not be using those kinds of words in our communication. All right? Uh, I mentioned in a Bible study some months ago, uh, maybe all of you were not present, but uh, uh, my parents were very strict on me and on my siblings, and we weren't permitted to use even the little benign words that that uh, sometimes people use and think they are of no consequence. Darn was not permitted because it's too close to the, the other word, okay? And there are so many other things. And one that has come out in recent times is the word freaking. Well, that's very close to another very bad word. So we need to eliminate all of this kind of language from our speech. There are enough good, clean words in the English language for you to express yourself without using profanity. All right? Excuse me. You say, well, it's light profanity. That's about like uh, light porn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm. Say it. Come on. Don't be mad at me, Brother Pastor. Say it. It's all right. <laughs> what is light porn? There is no such thing. It either is or it isn't. All right? I don't have a subscription to Playboy or Ellie or anything else like that. No, that's just like porn. I don't care. I don't need that kind of literature in my home. I don't need the pictures in those magazines to be filling my eyes. I need to do those things that are pleasing to God. I do not want to grieve my God. Amen. 
If you don't like what I'm teaching, then why don't you tell your pastor and he'll tell me not to come back, okay? <laughs> but these are the principles that I have lived by, all right? Now, I want, I want to... Uh, Tony, are you still up here? Yeah, thank you, Sister Gina. All right? Uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, okay? Now, what does edify mean? Huh? Strengthen. Okay, that's good. Build up. Uh, have you ever heard of the word edifice? What's an edifice? It's a building. Okay. How did that edifice come into being? It was It was edifying. Well, I know we don't really use that word in English, but that is what the word edify means. It's to build up something. It's to construct something, all right? And we understand that word in the Portuguese language, which I am so wonderfully familiar and love it, all right? It's just so ample and just gives us so many wonderful meanings. And so we, <clears throat> we talk about an edifice, and uh, uh, it is built up, all right? It's called edificar. It just means to build up. It's the same word as construct, all right? What needs to come out of your mouth? What? Who was talking? I'm looking for a mouth moving there. Who was talking? Oh, Felicia. (laughs) Okay. So what do we need to do as Christians? We need to say something that's going to build each other up. I, I know my friend here, so she's not going to get offended at me, all right? And I'm going to use her example this morning. And she starts smiling when I say that. But, you know, I can grieve her. I can. I can say, you sure are ugly. Now, you know I'm cutting up, okay? You know. But, you know, if I say you're pretty, that builds her up. That builds up her self-esteem. I'm a good-looking person. People have uh, a joy to be in my company. All right, because I'm a good-looking person. All right, and and and, and we, we, there's so many other things that we can do that will edify people, that will build them up. You are a blessing to me. Your faithfulness in coming to church is a blessing to me. Yeah. All right? By doing that, you edify me. And I pray constantly that the life that my wife and I live in front of you here will edify you, will build you up, will strengthen you, will help you to understand the, 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 the value of being faithful to God. Amen. That's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if I start laying out of church and I don't come back and I stay home and and do whatever I want to do, then I'm not going to be edifying you. But if I come here and I greet Noah the door and give Nathan a big hug here and and uh, feel those wonderful muscles he's got under that shirt. <laughs> All right, I 
edifies me. We edify one another. We, we contribute something to each other's life. Amen? And that's what the church is for. It is to be a place where we can go and edify one another. And there not, not to be any contention here among us. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hurrying on. <clears throat> okay, and then we come to verse 30 and it says, in reference to all of the above that we have just gone through, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Now in verses 31 and 32, and I'm going to move through these very quickly, we will see the real goal of the Christian and what he needs to do to please the Lord and not grieve him. I think I've got this here in my notes in the, yeah, I do, uh, in the Amplified New Testament. So here I'm going to be reading as though it were in the Amplified. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath, that's passion, rage, bad temper, and resentment, anger, and animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, clamor, and contention, and slander, that's evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice, that's all spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind. Boy, that is good. That is good. Get all of those things out of your life, my friend. Please, get all of those things out of your life. Can I just, one more time, just, just hammer on that same piano key. Cover wood and I go here and turn it on and just bang on it. The same key all the time. But, you know, you do need to pray. And when you read through the Bible, you will see as you go through it that there are any number of scriptures that tell us that we need to be faithful in our prayer life. Now, due to all of the situations that my wife and I faced yesterday, I confess that I woke up somewhere along about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning, and who is going to convince me that I go back to sleep? I just laid there and laid there awake for a long time, hour or more. I want to go to sleep, and I can't go to sleep, and I've got all of these situations running through my mind. And finally, I was able to get off to sleep. By that time, it was about a, I don't know, it was somewhere along about 4.30 or something like that. Please, Lord, let me go to sleep. Let me go to sleep, Lord. And my alarm was set for the usual time, uh, 5.45. That's my usual get-up time for prayer, all right? When that thing rang, I was not wanting to get up. We were on it. I had lost sleep. All right? And I thought, eh, turn you off. And I plopped my head back on a pillow. But sleep wouldn't come. So before it was 6 o'clock, I'm out of the bed. I'm in my place of prayer. And I'm talking to God. And what a glorious time of prayer we had. I just felt that anointing of God's Holy Spirit on me as I prayed and wept and, and took the needs and interceded for people and their needs in the presence of God. Amen? Amen. And about 7 o'clock, I felt like, well, I guess that I've pretty well taken care of mentioning all the needs to the Lord. I said, Lord, you know what, Lord? I need just a little bit more sleep. Allow me to return to my bed. And wake me up at 8 o'clock. And that happened. And so I fulfilled my obligation to God 
and to all of those that needed my prayers. You understand that last part? Huh? Praying is not just for me. Praying is not just to get down and tell God what I need. It's not just to get down and say, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. It's to get down and remember others in prayer that have greater needs than what I have, that have physical needs, that have financial needs, that have deep spiritual needs, that need a total transformation of God in their life. I have an obligation to them. And I said to God this morning as I prayed, God, if everybody that says they are a Christian would pray for the number of people that I pray for every day by name, it's not God, it's not God. Oh God, just bless the whole world, okay? Now God, I got a whole world, bye. You know, but it's lingering in the presence of God. Calling the names of all of our children, calling the names of all of their spouses, calling the names of all of our grandchildren, calling the names of all of our great grandchildren. I want them to be under a covering of my prayers, hallelujah. I want them protected from all physical harm. I want them protected from all evil harm. And I go on to my siblings, and I go on to people that I just know who are my brothers and sisters, and some that aren't. And I don't know how many people I call to the Lord in prayer every day, but there's probably at least 30 or more that I call before the Lord in prayer every day. And I told God, I said, God, if everybody who says they are a Christian would call that number of people before you in prayer every day, how many people would be under the covering of your prayers and under the covering of God's Holy Spirit? There's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and I guess there's one more 20, okay? Can you multiply 20 by 30? Come on, mathematician. 20 times 30, how many is that? Huh? Six hundred. Six hundred. All right. Six hundred. Can you imagine this little congregation praying in that manner, taking before God in prayer every day, twenty or thirty people, and asking God to save them and restore them and heal them and whatever? We could be praying for four to six hundred people from this congregation every day. I think that's valuable. All right. Praise God. Verse 32. And become useful and helpful and kind to one another. Tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. Forgive. So sometimes you're kind of put in the vice. Okay, I forgive. No, no, that's not the way it's done. Not because you are obligated, not because someone is pressuring you to forgive. But because that is what your nature is. Because it has been transformed by the power of God. To be a loving, caring, forgiving person. 
Amen. I close with the following scripture from 2 Corinthians 71. That follow the promises of chapter 6. Having therefore these promises referring to chapter 6. Dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Praise God. Thank you for your rapt attention this morning. And I hope something of value has been added to your life. And that because of this Bible lesson today, you will become a better Christian. Let's stand together. Praise God. Can you thank God today right now for the power of his word? Not what I've said is not the comments that I have given, but it's God's word that is so important to us. Lord Jesus, right now we thank you one more time for the power of your word. It is indeed a sharp, two-edged sword that pierces to the very depths of our souls and causes us, oh God, to, to, to analyze our own lives and to confess our sins and to endeavor with all that is within us to live the life that is right and pleasing to you. Lord, if in anything I grieve you, please, Lord, Cause me to know that I have grieved you so that I can repent and do what is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Just a few moments we're going to be going into our morning service. And I want you to keep a good attitude of prayer and keep connected to God. Amen. Praise God. Let's take just a moment and greet one another and just make everybody feel like they are the very, very best person in the world. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah.
praise the Lord. Let's stand together again.